Welcome to another mini episode of The Balance. My name is Catlin Tucker, and this podcast is produced by StudySync. It is officially week six that my family and I have been at home together. It is a lot of togetherness. My kids are troopers, but I know they are missing their friends and their routine. And they're hanging in there with homeschool sessions with mom and dad, but I'm not going to lie, it gets a little tense in our house these days once in a while. (laughs) So I'm here to connect with the folks who've been following the balance and talk about how do we deal with this situation? I am struggling to find balance in my various roles as a mother, a homeschool teacher, an educator, a doctoral student. It feels like there is so much going on. And if I'm honest, if balance is a metaphorical puzzle, the pieces are everywhere. I do not have a handle on it. I burst into tears yesterday and it was just because I was feeling so overwhelmed by this whole situation and the fact that it's really uncertain. What's going to happen? Are we going to be navigating it this this current pandemic until next school year? Is it going to impact our students in the long run? It's really just such an uncertain future that it just makes me feel anxiety. And so I wanted to lay out a couple more concrete tips. I got some great feedback on the last mini episode. Teachers thankful to just have a place to start, things to be thinking about as they transition online. So here are three more tips for teachers who are teaching online that will hopefully help them to navigate this new learning landscape. So the first tip is that even though we're delivering our assignments and sharing information online with students since we're not seeing them face-to-face, that doesn't mean that every learning experience needs to be an online learning experience. I am a huge advocate for blended learning, blending the offline with the online, and quite frankly, kids need a break from the screen. So the more we can kind of drive them offline to have those experiential, more tactile learning experiences, the better. And I know for a lot of teachers, they're concerned about, well, if kids are doing things offline, how am I going to be able to see what they're working on, what kind of experiences they're engaging with offline? So just recently, I blogged about an offline choice board. And in the choice board, I had a bunch of options for students to choose from. They could create a music playlist to reflect their mood and talk about how the different songs they chose reflect how they're feeling. They could create a themed scavenger hunt. So it could be themed based on their favorite book series, or it could be a mass scavenger hunt, something they could share with siblings or parents, or they could design their own lab if they're super into science. And then what the teacher can see is the documentation of that learning. So I encourage students to treat their learning like they're making a documentary. Can you take pictures? Can you take video, time lapse, and then share that documentation online with a reflection of what you did and what you learned and what was challenging, what questions do you have? So their reflection and their documentation is what they share online, but the learning itself, the experience happens offline. For anyone interested in checking out that offline choice board, I'll make sure there's a link in today's show notes. The second tip is to build community online. Don't assume that just because you had a community in your physical classroom that it's going to automatically translate into the online environment. We know that teaching entails a lot more than just disseminating and collecting 
assignments. It's important that students engage in academic conversations, that they're comfortable collaborating and working together on shared tasks. But in order to do that, they need to feel safe sharing their ideas and their opinions. So create some time and space for them to engage in informal conversations, develop their social presence online. So if you're planning on using online discussions with kids, why not start with online discussion icebreaker style questions? Ask them if they could choose a superpower, what would they choose and why? Or if they could interview anybody, who would they want to interview and what would they ask? You could do Flipgrid check-ins where kids talk about what's going on in their lives as they learn remotely. You could start video conferencing sessions with kind of a high-low warm-up where everybody shares something really good that's happening and something that's kind of hard as a way to build those relationships online and get students comfortable engaging with one another. And the third tip is if you're going to be giving students feedback on their work, can you make that a more personal experience where you're actually connecting with kids using some form of media beyond text? So maybe you're scheduling five-minute video conferences to do virtual real-time feedback sessions where essentially you're doing a think aloud as you look at students' work. You have it projected on your screen, so you're both looking at the work and then you're talking out loud about where you're seeing areas of growth and where you're seeing parts or areas that could benefit from development or where you're seeing gaps or things that need to be added so that the student in that moment sees what you see, is hearing what you're thinking and has the opportunity to ask questions if something's unclear or if they're not sure how to execute some of the feedback that you're giving them. And if real-time feedback sessions using video conferencing isn't viable for whatever reason because you have kind of a busy household or lots of people sharing space or it's just hard to kind of pin students down for a real-time synchronous session, then you might want to consider something asynchronous where maybe you record audio comments with Kaizena, which is a a Google Doc add-on where you can literally just record your audio comments and tag it to certain parts of the student's work. Or you could use something like Screencastify and simply record a short screencast where you project their work on your computer and just record 30 45 seconds of feedback about the student's work and then email them the link and invite them to ask questions if they have it. But in this time of social distancing and quarantine, I'm seeing even in my own children how much they're craving the human connection, how much they're enjoying the video sessions with their teachers and seeing their classmates. So the more we can personalize that experience of giving feedback, even though we're teaching remotely, it can have a profound impact on our students students and their desire, quite frankly, to want to do the work in this moment where a lot of them are juggling a whole bunch of different responsibilities and might be feeling stress and anxiety associated with being stuck at home all day. So thank you for joining me for this short episode of The Balance. And thank you to StudySync for sponsoring this podcast. StudySync is committed to helping teachers find balance in their lives by providing them with a robust multimedia ELA platform that simplifies lesson planning, automatically differentiates tasks for learners at different skill levels and language proficiencies, and blends online and offline engagement to help students develop as thinkers, readers, writers, and speakers. As teachers navigate an online learning landscape during school closures, StudySync is hard at work trying to create resources designed to ease this transition. You can check out their remote learning resources, including their ready-to-use five-day mini-units, blog posts, and webinars, both live and on-demand, at studysync.com.